You're listening to Test, Learn, Grow, where we believe that all marketing should create value, build trust, and inspire change. This is the Level Agency way. Hey, Miles here from Level, and I am proud to be your podcast host. In every episode of Test, Learn, Grow, I'll be joined by agency team members and other members of the marketing community for radically candid conversations on all things marketing. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Test, Learn, Grow. I'm your host, Miles, and I'm joined once again by Laura Greenwalt, team lead for B2B1 and our research and strategy subject matter expert. How's it going, Laura? Hey, Miles. Pretty good. We're in the thick of one of my favorite times of the year, which is 2023 planning mode. And that's why you're the research and strategy subject matter expert, because you you love this stuff. Some people run away screaming from it, but you are headed right towards it. So this is this is the time. It's October. Welcome to Q4, everyone. It's crazy that it's here. And most companies have already been 2023 planning. Some folks are still starting. So we wanted to get you on here to talk about that. Not just the fact that we need to do it, but new ways people can think about doing it if they want to switch up their process. You've got some cool frameworks, dare I say, even templates for how to approach this stuff that you wanted to share with the group. So I'm going to kick it over to you and find out from your perspective where we start. First of all, I just want to say, I know it might make some people shake in their boots to hear like other people are further ahead in 2023 planning, but I promise even if you're just starting now, you're not behind. You probably have a really solid plan in place from 2022. And you're going to carry some of that forward. There's a reason we have evergreen strategies. And it's because they're the things that are tried and true. And they're going to form the baseline of everything you do. And your 2023 campaigns, they're really going to be, how do you look at the changes that have happened to your organization and your industry this year? And how do you take that into the next year and and help influence what's going to be most successful for your organization? So think about what you might need as an organization and what you got to focus on first. But for me, the first thing I always do is I start with a plan. I literally just write down all of the questions that I have, all of the people who might have answers to those questions. And I kind of get all of that information organized in, in one place to start. So just the brain dump, right? As, as an individual. And from there, I kind of figure out what's most important. And I go talk to my leadership next. So I can understand what their big objectives are. So for me, that's like step zero is my little plan and brain dump. So do you have a tool or process you like to follow for that brain dump? Or are you just like pen and paper, just sketching it out old school? Yeah, for me, it's a lot of pen and paper or we use Miro and I'm going to share some Miro tools with everybody after this session, but we use Miro for a lot of that. And that tends to be where I kind of just push all the ideas that I have. But as we start to collaborate, that comes into that comes into focus. So once you have your perspective and that leadership perspective kind of lined up, you're probably going to want to do some sessions with your marketing product and sales teams or whatever combination it is that sort of supports your bigger marketing team. And when I get them all in the same room, there's a couple things that I like to do. So first, like I said, your evergreen stuff is probably in pretty good shape. But if you want to really think about what's most valuable in 2023, An exercise I like to run is called start, stop, continue. 
If you've never done this before, it almost couldn't be easier. Set a timer for five minutes. Have everybody in the room think about the things that they've done this year that they would like to continue doing. Think about the things they've done this year that haven't worked and they'd like to stop doing. And think about the things that they've wanted to do or they think are going to be really impactful in 2023 and write those ones down too. We usually use three different colored post-it notes for, for an exercise like this. You give everybody a time limit so that they don't just kind of meander and, and over-process it. You really right. want these to be quick thoughts that kind of come from what their lived experience is in, in the marketing strategies that they've been working on. So we use that start, stop, continue exercise to get a bunch of ideas out in front of us at the same time and really start to look holistically at, at what the campaigns this year have done and what we might need to focus on for next. So that usually is a good jumping off point that generates lots of really great conversations. And it's a way you can bring many different types of stakeholders in your marketing campaigns into the same room and have their opinions still be really valuable to the outcome of the work that we do together. Yeah, I've seen that be really effective, not just doing this with your own department. Don't just do this with only the marketing department. Bring anybody that is remotely involved in the efforts or the results driven by those efforts. And you get that perspective, well, your marketing manager wants to keep doing this, but sales is saying, stop doing that because it brings me no value. And it really forces some of that positive friction, like productive friction out, which is important to get in the early stages of the plan and not just put the whole thing together and then have somebody, you know, pick apart a piece of it. Yeah, absolutely. And you can also start to see where certain ideas are going to come up in different places. So like you said, your, your sales team might be saying, stop doing this, but your marketing team might be saying, wow, this is awesome. Let's keep doing it. Let's double down. So another tool you could then layer onto something like a stop, start, continue exercise would be what we call affinity clustering. So let's say that this year you did a lot of email marketing and you're thinking about whether or not it works. Sales is telling you that maybe the leads from email aren't coming through and is as strong as, as what you think they are. So you might have some people saying, stop doing it. You might have some people saying, get more, get more segmented with your emails. You might have all these different ideas coming in around email. So pull all of those ideas together and set them in one basket. And really think about what that email like basket is full of, right? Is it a bunch of starts and stops? What are the specific suggestions you're seeing around that content? And you might have a similar set of clusters around your PPC campaigns or your website or think about our, our friends over in ecom, how you're managing your feeds. And so as you start to see those themes emerge, push those ideas into those themed areas so you can really see holistically are you overbalanced in things that are stops under that theme? Are there too many things that you need to start under that theme? And that's going to help you start to like coalesce what matters in that topic area. So the affinity clustering is a nice kind of layer on top of your stop, start, continue or any brainstorming exercise, really, where you get a lot of ideas generated at once and you need to figure out what matters in those ideas. So Thinking about kind of that big picture, if you if you want to take this into your team, you might have that strategy session with multiple stakeholders involved. You kind of that idea bank going, you start the affinity clustering. And then from there, you want to start to think about what are the strategies that are going to help you solve the challenges you see within those themes. 
And are they going to ladder up to your big picture objectives for the year? And so these are just a couple of tools that get there. When we're thinking about it, though, really, those are they're not necessarily the be all and end all of the work. The work is going to come from researching and looking at what's happened historically in your campaigns, looking at what's happening in your industry, and then pulling all of those things together into the strategic line items and the tactics that support those strategies that you're going to execute on all year long. Yeah, in those exercises, I, it feels like it often reverts to the tactical level. Like people are like, mm-hmm. we should do this specific thing. And then you need to add the strategy layer over it. A phrase I hear around level quite often is, you know, what has to be true for that to be true? And that kind of yeah. gets you into that strategic level. What are some other ways you found that help to sort of get you out of the trenches of the tactics and cluster, to use that word again, yeah. those tactics with a specific strategy? Yeah. So again, I'm thinking of all these different frameworks and tools I've used in the past. One that's worked really well for my clients has been an OKR model. So most people know this. It's the objective and key result. And so what you're focused on with that is really what's the big picture objective, right? For one of my clients for this year, one of our big picture objectives was enable better data-driven decisions. So the key results of that were we would know we were or we would know we were closer to that objective if we achieved certain key results and some of those key results were things like rebuilding our dashboard so that it better aligned with the KPIs we're measuring today and not the KPIs we're measuring 4 years ago so you are you take that big picture objective and you break it down into those smaller nuggets of projects that are going to be most valuable in moving that objective forward And so typically with something like an OKR or a big strategic model like this, you're only going to have maybe four or five objectives that you chase over the course of the year. If you do too many, you're going to find yourself kind of split and, and like running around trying to get a bunch of things done and not necessarily really being strategic about how it comes up to the big picture. So we set a limit on that. We usually stick with four, no more than four big strategic objectives for the year. And then all of our tactics and campaigns, as we bring things, even if like a new campaign comes up midway through the year, we gut check it against what those objectives are and say, does this fit? This wasn't part of our goals for the year. Should we even do this at all? And sometimes the business is going to tell us that's a big priority and you got to do it. But most of the time it gives us a chance to say like, hey, this might not be the best use of our time because if we do this, we might not be able to accomplish this other lead gen goal that we have or, or this other project. So knowing what your objectives and key results are for the year allows you to kind of develop that big picture strategic vision and know what fits in your plans. So we've kind of been flirting around this idea of you know how we measure the results then, right? Like you talked about objectives, key results, limit them so you can actually get them done. So how do you build measurement into the plan? Like, do you plan to say, here's how we're going to judge ourselves, basically, how we're going to judge success? Absolutely. I feel like if you don't call your shot at the beginning and you don't know what you're trying to get to, you're going to find yourself lost partway through the year. So even if it's putting a putting a stake in the ground and saying that's where we're that's what we're shooting for. If you overshoot it, that's okay. If you, if you have to move that milestone a little bit, that's okay too. But if you don't even know what the goal is, 
you're going to have a hard time getting closer to it. So when I think about like some of the really successful OKR models we've used in the past, it can be binary. Your measurement might be, did we get this done? And that's okay. But it also might be part of your revenue goal or a growth goal. Now that's going to be an outcome that might not be super informative about like how successful your program was. Again, at the end of the day, if you're just using revenue as a measure, it's going to be binary. Did you hit it or didn't you? Uh, But if you're thinking about something like how do you grow your audiences? If you have an audience growth goal, which is something I think everybody should be thinking about when you have an audience growth goal and you set it at a certain percentage of your core audience or around a certain volume of, say, new email addresses collected or people added to a database, then you can start to zone, like zero in on what tactics specifically are going to influence that, right? So I say measurement is actually one of the most, you know, it's probably the thing that's going to come last or it feels natural for it to come last, but you should be talking about measurement at every stage of your, of your strategic planning. When you said calling your shot, it makes you think of testing. So that's obviously when we talk about the what's the hypothesis, right? So how does how do tests factor into a plan? I mean, you're, you're mapping out here are the tests we're going to do and when and what strategy they level up to. Does it get that you know that specific? Yeah, absolutely. So I think testing this is the perfect time to be thinking about what you want to learn as an organization. Say you are considering, you know, what's the product market fit with a, with something that you guys maybe launched in 2022 and you're not seeing the movement, you know, you're not seeing your campaigns move the needle on it. How can you use testing in 2023 to understand if you're talking to the right people about that particular product? And then again, you're thinking about measurement. What happens if you don't hit a certain benchmark with that, with that audience? Do you pivot? Do you move on to something else? Do you change the product itself, the core product? So this process of 2023 planning should be the time when you start mentioning to your team the things that you want to learn as marketers and understanding from your sales and product teams what they want to learn about their process as well. So this is a good time to think about like if you have a big goal toward audience growth, build your testing structure around what platforms you want to grow on the most? Is it, is it learning how TikTok fits in, right? Every, every client right now is asking those questions and they should be. It's, you know, a, an audience platform that in some respects people are saying is bigger than Google today or, or is becoming a bigger search engine than Google. So what do you need to know about that platform to thoughtfully introduce it and grow your, your potential audience there? Is it time? How might you evaluate that? This is a perfect time to start to lay out what those testing plans would look like and where they fit into your plans for next year. If you're doing a big website project in Q1, it might be that TikTok comes in Q2. And this lets you kind of start to prioritize those things, which brings me to one of the last tools that I use a lot. And that's called the Eisenhower matrix. If you've never used it, you've probably seen it somewhere. It's that two by two grid where on, you know, your horizontal axis, you might gauge the perceived value of engaging in a certain tactic or initiative. And on that, you know, vertical axis, you probably see something like the complexity or the challenge in engaging in that. 
And what you're looking for are what are those big projects that are high risk, high reward that you really want to make sure your team engages in versus what are the low hanging fruit? And what are the things that you want to kind of roll out over the year as they come into focus as more important and more urgent? So it's a tool that we use a lot. And, and sometimes those axes, axes have different definitions based on what we're trying to evaluate. But often, once you start to map things out and understand what's most critical and what's going to be most challenging to accomplish, you can start to build that work plan. And that really ties up sort of how you go to market in 2023, knowing what's going to be most important and when so that your team is focused on the right things at the right moments. I think it's important also to touch on as much as what you're saying and, and advocating for, which is awesome, what you haven't said. Because I think a lot of folks out there still, when they think about like we're building the strategic plan for 2023, right? It's like this 300 page, you know, thesis paper with Gantt charts and mm. all the stuff that is outdated as soon as it is printed or circulated. Planning doesn't need to be this monstrous effort of like academic thoughts, right? Everything you've said is really like actionable things and interactive things that a team can use versus people sitting in a boardroom and just like deciding this is the direction. So I, I think that's important if people are not planning that way, that they start to plan that way and that everybody's involved in crafting this plan. People have a piece of it. They understand how it all fits together. And it's not like that strategic plan document that gets circulated yeah. and then put in a desk and then people wow. don't really do it, right? From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> no, I, the reason I approach it this way, and, and I've worked with a bunch of clients using almost exactly this set of tools, top to bottom. The reason I always approach it this way is because it is agile. It lets us check in. When we do business reviews now with our clients, we come back to the strategic plan and we say, like, did we get, did we get the things done that we said we were going to get done this quarter? How did we get them done? And where did they change? And we use those moments to look at it and say, like, is this even the right plan anymore? And almost always with our clients, we have those little modifications that we're making because we stop and just look at it again. If you're not thinking about your marketing plans as agile living documents, you are going to sink a bunch of time into it. You're going to sink a bunch of, and that time is, is cost to your organization, right? So you should be thinking about what are the ways you can plan that are fluid and agile and let you develop iterative working plans. They shouldn't be like, this gets locked up and now you have this beautiful PowerPoint deck that you can show to executives. This should be like, this process is going to be a little bit messy, right? You're going to unpack things and partway through the year, you're going to find that, man, when we said that our lead goal was 500 leads per quarter, that's been fine. But man, those leads really stink. I'd rather have a hundred really good leads per quarter Let's go back and rewrite that. Let's go back and reevaluate that and, and fix it so that we're actually getting the 100 people we feel like talking to and not 400 people that we don't feel like talking to. So the whole thing here is rooted in how do you do it? How do you make it achievable, agile, and something that is living and, and breathing and you and your agency partner or you and your contractors or just you and your internal teams are, are locked up on like these are the right big goals to be working toward and all those little tactics and initiatives that support it are, are flexible and fluid based on what you know about your business on any given day. Because if we've 
learned anything in the last two years, two and a half years, it's that it's going to change on a dime. And if you're not, if you're not ready to like support that, you're going to have a Yeah, think about all those 2020 strategic plans. Oh my God. (laughs) And then March 16th (laughs) happened or whatever, right? Just two years ago. So it needs to be agile. Absolutely. (laughs) RIP. Right. So on, on a happier note, not not dredging up 2020, <laughs> teased this earlier about you know some tools and takeaways and templates. We've got links in the show notes of the podcast mm-hmm. that people can go check out what that is. Can you explain to us a little bit more about what people will find when they hit that link? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a collection of some Miro templates that we use internally for all of this. We're in a remote first environment. Even with our clients who are local to me in Pittsburgh, I still use these same tools because it lets us document and manage throughout the year. So we'll have a collection of different frameworks in a Miro board with public access. So you can pick it up, copy it, and use it in your own if that's the tool that you're using. Or if you just want to take a look at it and you don't use Miro today, you use some other whiteboarding, or you want to run it in person, which I actually think is super fun. All of these things translate to in-person as well and can be kind of picked up and lifted straight to your own real world whiteboard if you're still in that kind of space. Great. Well, appreciate your time right now on this podcast. Appreciate you taking the time to put those templates together. And I'll add to this that if you're looking at these templates and you're thinking to yourself, okay, I get this, but my Lord, I don't want to do this myself. <laughs> we can also help with that too, right? We, we do this with our clients all the time. So if you're looking for help in navigating this process, There's also an email address in the show notes of this podcast. You can reach out to us and we'd be happy to set up a conversation. So Laura, thanks again for being on the show. To the listeners, thanks for being here. And we'll catch you next time for another episode of Test, Learn, Grow. Thanks, Miles. Thanks for listening to this episode of Test, Learn, Grow from your friends at Level Agency. For more information on what we do here at Level, be sure to visit us online at www.level.agency. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And until next time, remember that the best way to do any sort of marketing is to test, learn, and grow.